If you do have your Bibles with you this morning, why don't you open up with me in Luke chapter 6. I'll give you a few seconds just to open up your Bible. It's always good to bring your Bible with, so you read it yourself as well. And so, Luke chapter 6. That's just after Luke chapter 5, just so you know. <laughs> and uh, from verse 43, I want to read a few verses and then we'll jump into that passage. So, Luke chapter 6, verse 43 to 45. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. It's kind of obvious, isn't it? Verse 44. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. And it's such a beautiful passage, and it kind of gives us this illustration of a, of a tree, of a good tree that bears good fruit, right? But those of you who are gardeners or farmers, I mean, I'm, I'm probably the worst guy to ask for perspective on how to you know, keep my grass green and all those type of things. But those of you who know how these things work, it's obvious that a good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree actually can't bear good fruit, right? That's obvious. And the challenge is for us that our hearts can be fraught, eh? Our hearts can at times be rotten, and our hearts can actually be bad fruit many times. I mean, this morning we want to actually be honest about where we are at and how um, our hearts are looking, you know. And has it happened to you before where... You go about your day, and the next moment, just something comes out of your mouth. You almost surprise yourself. Oh, what was that? You know? I mean, let's be honest, it has happened to me. Oftentimes, you know, something will come out of your, our mouths, and we surprise ourselves. And that is often an indication on what's going on inside of our hearts. Often there's a jealousy thought. It's not always just with words. There's jealousy, and it most likely will come out in words. And... You know, let's be honest, in Bluefontein, if a, if a taxi or a car drives in front of you, what happens? <laughs> Something most likely happens in our, in our hearts, you know, and often, because I was speaking to someone that's in Joburg, the taxis there are just on a different level, you know, so we've got it easy in Bloemfontein. <laughs> but often what happens when, when we speak is an indication on what's going on in our hearts. You know, sometimes it's a, a swear word that comes out and you're like, oh, what was that? I remember being a, a younger, a young Christian in school. As friends, we realized oh, we shouldn't swear, actually. I mean, we've, we've given our hearts to the Lord. Our lives are His now. So we know we shouldn't swear anymore. So what we did is every time your friend um, you know, uses a swear word, we used to give one another like a, a punch on the shoulder. You know, there's a certain point on your shoulder where you don't have to hit even hard and it's quite sore. And we actually hit one another all the time because, man, I don't want to swear anymore. And we tried to really watch what came out of our mouths. And so this morning I want to say it's, it's one thing to watch what comes out of our mouths. And we should do that. But actually we should watch what's in our hearts. We should actually watch what is in our hearts. 
Because what the heart is full of, for the mouth speaks. You know? Like if you spend time with, with certain people, you can just know what's in their hearts. I mean, let's be honest, I love sports, I love cycling, running, these type of things. So you don't have to spend a lot of time with me before speaking about these things. And I've checked my heart, and at times I realize it might be an idol, so I deal with things. But sometimes all someone can speak about is what's in their hearts. And, and that's a good indication. And so what do you speak about? Because that is most likely what's in your heart. And that's the challenge for us as Christians this morning. What is in our hearts? Because we want hearts that's pure and reflects Jesus in all things. So that when we speak, it's like people listen to Jesus, actually. Isn't that what Jesus called us to? To reflect Him. And so what, what is coming out of our mouths? And so today I want to speak about that. I want to speak about our hearts. I want to speak about keeping our hearts on fire for the Lord. Because if your heart is on fire for the Lord, guess what's going to come out of your mouth? Things that pleases Jesus. Things about Jesus. The message of Jesus. You will always speak about Him if your heart is full of Him. And so... It's interesting if you go back to that passage in Luke chapter 6, verse 44. Can you put that back up on the board? Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. So you are, no, you are known by your fruit. Not by the person next to, you, next to you's fruit. Not by the church that you attend's fruit. You are known by your fruits. And, and at times, you know, it, it can be quite challenging because, you know, we, we do have people around us that's on fire for the Lord, that, that's full of faith, that's full of good fruits. We're in a church that's, that's growing, there's pe- people being added, there's salvations every, every now and then, and we actually need to trust God for more of that. And we're living in, well, I'm speaking about our congregation, but as a church of Josh Jen, we're seeing salvations daily, actually. There's actually salvations daily throughout Josh Jen, which is a picture of the New Testament church that we read about. And the challenge with that is we can so easily get caught up, we can get swept up by good fruit around us that we actually neglect our own fruit. Does that make sense? So you can come to church, you can be part of the life of the church with bad fruits, and you can get swept up with the momentum of church, with the, with, the, with the life that's happening, and think, this is good enough. But actually, your tree is recognized, your fruit is recognized by your own, whoa, I'm confusing myself, the other way around. <laughs> you are recognized by your fruits, all right? You're recognized by your fruits. And yes, the people around us, they will encourage us with their good fruits. And the church you join will actually determine to a large measure what fruit you are going to bear. But at the end of the day, you need to take responsibility for your tree. You need to take responsibility for your life. You need to take responsibility for your relationship with Jesus. The people around you can encourage you, help you, come alongside you, but we can't bear fruit for you. You need to bear fruit. And that often is a challenge. And I remember 
joining Josh Jen. My very first time visiting a Josh Jen church was in, in Wellington, in Cape Town. And those of you who have been here for a while, do you remember that first day at Josh Jen? You know? some, of, some of you are like, oh, I don't want to remember that. <laughs> I remember my first day in Josh Jen. It was kind of a bit of a shock, to be honest. You know, I grew up a bit conservative when it came to church, and I came to Josh Jen for the first time, and I was like, whoa, these guys are weird. They make me stand up and go greet people I don't know. These guys are weird. I don't know if I want to be here anymore. I remember my first day in Josh Jen, people were praying, like for real. Like we, we prayed this morning as well. But I remember joining Josh Jane for the first time. People were praying as if God hears them. <laughs> and, I, and it was different, man. I didn't, I didn't grow up that way. And it was something beautiful that I saw in, in, in joining Josh Jane for the first time. I realized people around me are on fire for Jesus. They are on fire for Jesus. And what I mean with on fire is they were devoted to Jesus. Their whole lives were revolving around Jesus and one another. That is what it means to be on fire, is you are devoted to Jesus and to his people, to church. You're devoted. If you're devoted to something, it means, man, my life revolves around it. It's not an add-on when I get time. My whole life revolves around it. And that was my experience with church joining Josh Jane for the first time, is people are serious about God. Yes, they are crazy, they make fun a lot, they make jokes, and they laugh a lot, but when it comes to following Jesus, we're serious about following Jesus. And what happened in my heart was, I realized I belong here. I belong here. It's weird, but I belong here. I feel like God has added me here. This is my family. And something changed in my heart where I actually don't want to just be a spectator looking at people that's devoted. I want to be someone that's devoted. Moving from a spectator to someone that participates in the life of the church. In Josh Jen, there's, there's not supposed to be a member that's just a member on paper. Everyone should be an active believer in the church. Someone that's actively serving. The chairs that you're sitting on, someone had to pack it this morning. There are hundreds of, of benches behind that curtain at the back because they're writing exams and all those type of things. Someone had to cam, come early and serve. Someone was active this morning. And I realized that's, that's what I want to do. So I, say, I said to the Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Something in my heart shifted to when I saw the church and when I read the Bible, I was like, whoa, there's a lot of similarities here. This is what Jesus wants for the church. Not just being somewhere on paper, but actually a, a priesthood of believers. Every person finding their place in the Lord so that the whole body can move forward. And there's so much passion, isn't there, around us. You don't have to look far for people to be on fire for the Lord. And the point what I want to make is it's easy to get caught up with the momentum of people being on fire without being on fire yourself. We need to, yourself, make sure our fruit is, is pleasing unto the Lord. And in John 3, verse 16, listen to this. Because this is what I saw in Josh Jen and what I'm seeing around us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal 
life. And I realized, man, this is who Jesus is. He gave his life for us. He gave his life for me and you. Isn't this the good news? Isn't this beautiful to you? That if we believe in Jesus, we can have eternal life, and it starts today. It starts the day you give your life to the Lord, eternal life actually starts. And yes, this body will die one day, and then we'll just continue with eternal life with them. And in this life, we will have troubles, and we're not in the kingdom yet. But the kingdom is coming, and we are advancing the kingdom. But the day we die or the day Jesus comes back for us, then we will forever be with him without any troubles, without tears, without trials and tribulations, because we'll see him and we'll be with him. And this is the good news that I've, that I've seen and heard in the life of the church. And so he gave his life for us. Oh my, isn't, isn't that beautiful? He gave his life for us. Oh my goodness. This is what he has done for us. Do you realize that? And in return, he's asking us, well, can you follow me? And I saw in, in the church where people were actually following him. I saw it. They don't just speak it, they live it. They follow him. And we've got eternal life with him. Our lives are his. You know, and there's, there's some new people here this morning and some newer, newer people that joined us recently uh, within the last year or couple of months. And I want to ask you, if you join us, can you join us being passionate for Jesus? Can you join us being devoted with us for Jesus? Every person... Come on, we want to be those who are devoted to Jesus in all things. We don't want to just be spectators. And I know there's new relationships that's forming and people you don't know. Luckily, Paul you know, broke the ice this morning where you had to go to someone. But there's, there's something of we need to stretch ourselves to find our place within the family and then belong and live it out. You know, for those of you who have been part of this congregation for a, a number of months or maybe years, are you still passionate for him? Are you still on fire for Jesus? Is your heart still burning for the things of God? Is your heart on fire for the Lord? And that, that's what the Lord is calling us to. And so we need to keep our hearts on fire. We need to make sure our hearts are beating for the things of God. Now, can I say this? Everything you do, everything you think will either add heat to your heart, or it will subtract heat to your heart. So you, your heart is here, and there's a temperature to your heart. I'm not a doctor. Don't ask me for any uh, medical advice. There's some people more qualified than me, and some people are on the journey to be qualified, especially all the students writing exams. Some of you are done, well done for keeping you know, your head up and sticking through it. And some of you are still busy, but some of you know what I'm talking about. You've got your heart, yeah, I can't give you all the specifics, but there's a certain temperature to your heart right now. Even as you're sitting here, there's a certain temperature to your heart. And I'm not just speaking physically, I'm speaking spiritually here. Whatever you do, whatever you think about, whatever you don't do, will either add heat or it will subtract heat. So your decisions you make actually matters. Sometimes we think, no, it's just a little thing, right? Just a little sin, small sin. It's just a little thing that I don't do that I should be doing or something that I do that I, don't, that I shouldn't be doing. 
But actually it matters. It either adds heat or it subtracts heat to your heart. And if you keep on subtracting heat from your heart, you'll find yourself at a place being cold, actually, for Jesus. You'll find yourself, I don't, I don't know if, I, uh, if church is that important. I mean, it's me and Jesus, actually. Church, I don't like the people there. It's not my type of people. They're too young. They're too passionate. They're too loud. Is it really? Or is it actually your heart being, being cold? And we need to actually examine our hearts this morning. What's the temperature of our hearts? What's the temperature of your heart this morning? What is it? Because that will actually affect the way you live. And I want to say, if your heart is cold for the Lord this morning, I want to trust that the Holy Spirit will come and set you on fire this morning. I want to trust and pray with all of us that if there's something cold in you, if there's something actually lukewarm in you, a little bit hot, but actually quite cold, that the Lord will come and set our hearts ablaze for Him, set our hearts on fire for Him again. If, if you think, ah, those days when I was on fire for Jesus, I'm talking to you. If you think about those days, oh man, I remember those days where I was just so on fire for Him. I'm talking to you. This morning, it's an opportunity. If you bring your heart to him this morning, that he will come and set your heart on fire. That he'll set you on fire. That you'll burn for Jesus, man. That your heart beats for him. It me- me- meaning whatever you think about, whatever you do, it's all about him. So we need to keep our hearts on fire for Jesus. And there's a, there's a passage that I want to read, and if you've got your Bibles here, um, open up with me in Romans 12. Romans chapter 12. And I'm going to read from verse 9 to 13. Some of you might have different translations with you. But I'm going to read from the NIV. And so from verse 9, listen to this or read with me. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, in passion for Jesus. That's what he says. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. I mean, there's so much here for us in this few verses. It's almost difficult to, to pick what the Lord wants to say through it all. But there's so much here. And, but for us as a people that follows Jesus, we need to set an example of the way we live. The way you live sets an example. There's new people that came in this morning. They're looking, they're looking at us. And I mean, if you're here for the first time, please look at us. If you don't see Jesus in our midst, please don't join us. <laughs> because, uh, man, we are setting an example of what Jesus is and what he wants us to do and how he wants us to live. And these things are vitally important. If we look at Romans 12, there's, there's such a high standard that Jesus sets for us. And can I say this? The world might have compromised, but Jesus has not compromised. 
Jesus is not compromising on the standard of living, on the way he wants us to live. Don't let the world set your standards. Let Jesus set your standards. Let the Bible set your standard, the way we should live. And I want, to, I want us to look at the scripture. Because when I read the scripture, I want to examine my heart. I want to read this, this, this passage of scripture and, and look at my heart and, 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 and let the Lord come in and help me and, and, and tell me, is your heart on fire? Because if, if we're not living these things that I just read, our hearts are not on fire for the Lord. And so what are these things? We, we just read it. And let's check our hearts to see if our heart is burning for the Lord. You know, love must be sincere. Maybe you can put that back up. Love must be sincere. Is our love sincere? Or is our love self-centered? If your love is sincere, you know your, your heart is burning for the Lord. It becomes less about you and more about the person next to you. You know, um, you're, you're hating what is evil. You, you hold on to what is good. You don't partake in things that are not pleasing to the Lord. We're devoted to one another in love. I mean, how, how easy is it to be devoted to yourself and your interest? This is what the world is painting, actually. Be devoted to you. Be devoted to you, but actually, no, no, Jesus says be devoted to one another. So your interest actually comes second to the person next to you. Some marriage advice, those wanting to get married. If you can't do that, you're not ready. You need to actually love the person next to you more than your own interests. And I mean, it is a challenge. <laughs> it's not like... You'll be perfect and then get it right. It's a daily thing that we need to work through. But we are devoted to one another, not to ourselves. We, we honor one another. Do you actually honor one another? Or is it quickly that bad words come out of your mouth about the person next to you? Isn't this a challenge? You know, being slanderous, being divisive, being jealous. And then bad things come out of our mouths. Or are we honoring one another, building one another up? Our zeal for God's house. Our zeal for Him, for His house. Our passion for Him. And throughout this morning, this is what I want to focus on a lot. Is, are your, is your heart zealous for the, for the things of the Lord? Is your heart full of passion for Jesus? I mean, I saw a lot of passion at the Rugby World Cup final. A lot of passion. A lot of zeal. <laughs> I was one of them, to be honest. Adams took a video of me. I, I should still speak to you to delete that. But actually, I was, I was, I was zealous for the things of God. Well, no, no, not the thing. I was for rugby. I am, see, that's what the heart is full of, the mouth speaks. You know? <laughs> I am zealous for the things of God. I am. And I saw a lot of people being zealous for, for rugby. That last 80 minutes, and then we already forgot about the World Cup. We're already thinking about other things now. But Jesus is the eternal one. He is the one that will last forever. Will we be passionate for Him? Will we be zealous for Him? And I'm, I, don't, I don't mean, you know, scream at the ref and those type of things. <laughs> 
but, but in passion and zeal, man, we want to glorify the Lord. We want to make His name great. Are you joyful? Are you joyful? And I'm, I'm running through these things. Now. Are, we, are you patient when it's, it's tough? It's, not, it's easy to be patient when nothing is going wrong, right? It's easy to be patient when everything goes your way. But patience is tested when things are not going your way. And in those times, the Lord called us to keep our hearts in check, make sure our hearts reflect Him in the way we are patient. Because let me, let me just give you this freebie. If you're an unpatient person when it comes to the things of God, you're not trusting Him fully. If you trust the Lord, you trust His timing, you trust that He will come through, You'll be patient because your trust is in Him. Your trust isn't in yourself. Or, you know what I mean? Maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but we need to be patient in trusting the Lord in all things. Faithful in prayer. Is prayer your last resort or is it actually the place that you live from? Recently I mentioned prayer can oftentimes be your, your spare will. But actually, it should be our steering wheel. The way we live our life, the way we make decisions is from a place of prayer. Not when, oh my goodness, my car is, I've got a flat tire, I don't know what to do, everything is falling apart, okay, let's pray. No, no, it should actually determine the way we live. Determine the way we drive is through prayer. You know, those who are in need, are you actually aware of those who are in need? Do you share what you've got? In Matthew, I want to quickly just give you this Scripture in Matthew, 20, Matthew 6. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if you, if you share what you've got because people are in need, suddenly your heart will be there as well. But if you hold on to what's yours because you're scared you're not going to have enough, or someone's going to take it from you, your heart is going to be where you are. Very much self-centered, just looking, about, just looking out for your needs. But God's way is looking out for one another's needs, to be generous in all things. Do we speak hospitality or do we do hospitality? It's a good question. I mean, we all love to speak hospitality. We love to speak about open homes. But do we have an open home? For those of you who are not aware, we, next year, just a quick announcement. Next year, end of February, 23rd to the 25th of February. We're going to have our very first Free State Regional Equip. We've mentioned this before. That's where all the churches that we partner with in the region comes together for, to be equipped for the things of God, a regional equip. That's why we call it that. And we're going to host it as a church. It's a, it's a yeah, that's exciting, but I'm also a bit nervous. Because we need to actually not just host the event here in this hall, but actually host people in our homes. There's 300 people coming, and we need to actually host people. And I'm thinking, dear Jesus, please let me be a hospitable church that weekend. And I'm saying this because I want all of us to consider, are we speaking hospitality or are we actually doing hospitality? And we'll speak more about it as time gets closer to that weekend, but we should... Have a heart ready to host. Open up our house. 
sleep on the couch so that they can get your bed, those type of things. I, I mean, I don't care if we pitch a tent in our yard so that we can sleep there so that, you know, they can live in our room. We should all have that heart, man. We want to actually be an example of Jesus in all things. So is our hearts burning for him? Is our hearts consistently burning for him? It's challenging. Eh? I've read this scripture. How many of you are challenged this morning already? Just looking at that high standard. I'm like, oh, oh, Lord. And there's two responses that we might have. We can go, okay, I need to do more of that. Uh, I'm doing all right in that. I need to do more of that. But actually, the right response this morning is, Lord, come and change my heart. Come and set my heart on fire because my heart is beating for you. These things will just flow out in whatever you do. There's an endless list of things that you can do better. But if you can make sure your heart is on fire for the Lord, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. Constant burning for Jesus. I want to mention, I'm not going to preach too long still, but I want to just speak to the young people this morning. Um, it's quite relative now, I know. Let's do under 35. It's quite young. There's a lot of us this morning that's under 35. And, and the challenge with younger people, let's do under 25. There's kind of a middle... I feel like 25 to, I don't know, I'm not going to put an age to it just, just yet. But if you feel like you're a young person this morning, I'm speaking to you. <laughs> the challenge with young people is that there's a lot of passion, there's a lot of fire, but not a lot of consistency. And I'm generalizing, I don't know. But generally, the case is a lot of fire, a lot of passion, but the consistency is oftentimes the challenge, right? Am I correct? And it's often a very, like a roller coaster, up and down. Up this week, down next week. And I know we all go through this stuff. I don't want to demean that. But the reality is we need to be consistent in the way we follow the Lord. It's almost like, you know... Those of you who have been to home affairs recently, it's like you walk in there, you don't know what you're going to get. You know? <laughs> and oftentimes that's the case, you know, kind of, what am I going to get this week from you? And then next week, okay, let's see how things are this week. And that's a challenge because it's very much at times feeling driven. And we, we are bombarded with a feeling driven culture around us. If you, don't, if you don't feel like doing it, don't do it. If you feel like do it, doing it, do it. <laughs> it can be so ungodly at times. And that of, that, that, the challenge with that is it creeps in in the way we follow Jesus. If I don't feel like worshiping this morning, I'm not going to worship. If I don't feel like giving, I don't want to give. If I don't feel like being hospitable, I don't want to be hospitable. If I don't feel like loving, I don't want to love. Right? And that is oftentimes why it is so up and down, so inconsistent in the way we follow Jesus. Imagine you, Henry, my wife, comes to me, Leafy, will you help me with the dishes? No, I don't feel like it. That's not going to go well, I'm just saying. 
listen, the day I said, I want to marry you, Leafy, that's the day I made a commitment to her, saying, I'm going to serve you, and I'm going to love you, whether I feel it or not. And the day you made a commitment to the Lord is the day where you said to Him, I'm making a commitment to serve you and to love you and to love your people, whether I feel like it or not. And as young people, we need to actually do that in the way we follow Him. There's a maturity that needs to come to, our, to us, saying, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to love one another, whether I feel like it or not. It's, it's, it's challenging, eh? It's, it's challenging. But we need to keep the fire burning. There's a holiday coming up for many of you, many of the young people. How are you going to spend this next two, I don't know how long you guys have, I mean, like four months of holiday or something. What? Uh, more or less. <laughs> okay, three months, sorry. <laughs> a lot of you have a, lo- a long holiday coming up. Are you going to be feelings-driven? Because if that's the case, I'm going to, I almost want to guarantee you, I'm not going to guarantee you, I almost want to guarantee you, you're going to come back not being on fire for the Lord. Because guess what? You're going to be lazy. You're going to just binge whatever you want to. You're going to not want to spend time with the Lord. That's usually the case during holidays, except if you are like really self-disciplined. But in most cases, I'm talking out of experience. Most holidays, I come back more tired. Feelings driven. Not commitment driven. Can we make a commitment this morning? Lord, I'm going to follow you. Am I going to rest well? Definitely. Am I going to be lazy? Yes. Am I going to watch some stuff? Yes. But I made a commitment to you, Jesus, to follow you in all things. I want to come back on fire for you. I don't want to start 2024 on the back foot. I want to come in running for the Lord. There's a lot of, lot of things that we're looking at next year. A lot of th- things that we, that we feel like God is taking us into next year. We want every person being on the front foot, running flat out for Jesus. So keep your fire burning consistently. And then the older people, which is 35 plus. Yeah. <laughs> let's do 35 plus we are, this morning is 35 plus just lift your hand quickly there's a couple of you are you scared to raise your hand <laughs> I, I want to I encourage us this morning I'm almost there getting there I'm kind of there in the middle but the, the, the challenge with some of the older folk and again I'm generalizing is there's, there's a lot of consistency. It's great. But there's not often a lot of passion. Not often a lot of fire for the Lord. You know, at times it's easy to get familiar because you've been around the block. You can teach the young folk a lot, I know. You can teach the younger people about life more than what the younger people can teach themselves. All right? But the challenge of that is we can easily get familiar with things. We get familiar with church. We get familiar with the things of God. And, and guess what happens when you get familiar? You get passive, actually. You take the back seat. And I'm not talking physically, no, sorry for the back row. I'm, I'm talking in your heart. In your heart, you just, I don't, I don't want to run flat out. I just want to, 
go consistently. Just trying to hold on. Life happens, are you? You don't know what I'm going through. Life is hard. So there's consistency, but we need more passion, more fire for the Lord from the older guys. Because not, not we, I, I think Jesus actually needs an on-fire church. Not just for the young people, but for everyone. Not a heart that is cold, but a fresh fire, a fresh awakening. Fresh, man. Not years ago type of fire. No, man. Something fresh from the Lord this morning. And if, you, if you're 35 plus and you think, yeah, this, this uh, Bloemfontein and Josh Jane congregation, these young people are a bit too much. They are a bit too passionate. They are a bit too zealous. I don't know why they run to the front in worship all the time. I, I'm actually talking to you. We need you. We need you. We need you. I remember I was, I was talking with, to when, when Peter, uh, when Peter, you 72, 71, 73, 73 years old. I, talk, I talked to him recently. I said, when Peter, I actually need you to come and worship with me in the front. I need you. And, and he's been doing that. Oftentimes, I look, I look around, and, and I see when Peter just going for it, man, just worshiping. And I'm like, why? Why do we need that? To put up a front? No, 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 that's not why we need it. We need it because his life and Tani Engela's life, they're setting an example. Older people are coming in, plus 35s, are coming in, and they almost get overwhelmed with all the young people. Like, whoa, I don't know if I can join it. But when Peter and Tani Engel, why are you here? And now you are worshiping almost like them. And I know physically there are challenges, so you can't do physically the same things. But their hearts are on fire, man. They're all, oh, they've got an open home. When we ask, hey guys, can we host uh, people? They are one of the first to respond every time. They're setting an example. When people come in, they look at them like, I actually want to be here. It's a bit uncomfortable with all the young people, but there are older people here that are setting an example so that we can be the church that reflects Jesus. We don't want to be a young people's church. We want to be a godly church, a New Testament church that reflects Him. And yes, we've got a lot of young people, but we need the older people. We need you. We need you to be on fire for the Lord. Honestly, we need you. And I'm not talking run to the front every time. I'm, I'm, I'm talking be passionate with us. And if it means move out of your chair, come stand here or stand on the side or the back or wherever, just be an example with us, man. I'm asking you, actually. We need you. We're well aware. We've been speaking about it for, for years, actually. How are we going to build a family church? And I'm actually talking in the natural. We're, we're family as, as believers, yes. But how, how can we actually reach more families? Couples that's married, older, older than 35, with kids. It takes one couple that's older than 35 to, to, to say, I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you. I'll example it with you. I'll open up my house. 
I'll come, whatever you need, I'm, I'm there with you. I'm building with you. Are you building with or are you in the building with? I need every person to build with us. If this is the church God has added you to, I need you to come and build with us. I need you, man. And I want to say for young people, old people, older people, I don't want to say old people. <laughs> Listen to this. I'm, I'm drawing to a class. It's better to be consistently warm than occasionally hot. We need to consistently be warm on fire for the Lord rather than this week, I'm just, man, I'm just on fire for the Lord. I can plant churches and do whatever God has called me for. And next week, I don't know if I want to follow the Lord anymore. It happens. We need to be consistently on fire for the Lord. Consistently on fire for Him. Consistently warm. When people speak to us, they see Jesus. When they walk into our midst, they see the love that we have for one another and we're reflecting Jesus, man. Consistently. And yes, we'll get it wrong. We're not perfect. There's sin, there's flesh. There's our own interest that often creeps in. But we need to put those things to death and say, Lord, come and set my heart on fire for you. I want to consistently burn for you. And we need to be aware of the things that quenches our fire. We need to be aware of those things. I'm not going to give you 10 examples this morning, but ask the Lord this morning, what is the thing that quenches the fire in your heart? What is it? Because we need to be aware of it. And we need to allow the Lord to come and set us on fire for Him. Being passionate for Him. Come on, man. Come on. Imagine Jesus with us in this room. How will your passion look like? How will that zeal for His house look like? And the reality is He is with us. He is. We're often not aware of Him. But He is the one that we're building on. He is the one building His church, building His house. He is the one that we are centering ourselves around. He is the one that it's all about. He is here. And I think if we get a bigger awareness of Jesus in our midst, it will change the way we live. It will change us. It will change us in, in everything. Because it is all about Him. I want to pray for us. Just in landing. It, it is a bit of a challenging word this morning, isn't it? Just to examine our hearts again. What is the fruit of my tree? Is it good fruit? Is it bad fruit? What, what is the state of my heart? And maybe the band, you guys can join me up in front. And I, I want us to respond to him this morning. So why don't you close your eyes with me? I want to pray. Lord Jesus, we, we want to thank you that you are on fire consistently. Lord, when we look at you, when we look at the standard that you you are, Lord, we can't help but just fall in love with you, God. We just want to look at you, Lord, and I pray that you will come and change hearts this morning. We thank you for the good fruit that you have, God. That you have called us for such a high standard. 
And Lord, I pray that you will come by your spirit and set hearts on fire this morning. Hearts that have, have grown cold for you, that you will come by your spirit and just touch every heart. We thank you, Lord, that you're, you are so gracious in how you do things. You come alongside us and you encourage us to, to follow you, God, and you're asking us to follow you this morning. Thank you, Lord. So where's your heart at today? Just with your eyes closed. I want to ask you this morning. Where's your heart at? Where's your life at this morning? Does he have your heart? Does he have your heart? Does he have your life? I don't know everyone here this morning, but I want to read you a scripture in Romans 3, 23, just with your eyes closed. For all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. You know, I mentioned in the beginning, our hearts can be fraught at times. It can be rotten. And guess what? Our hearts are rotten. If we, if, we, if we haven't given our hearts to the Lord, our hearts are rotten. We all have fallen short of His standard, of His glory. No matter how good person you are, we all fall short. Our hearts are fraught and it needs help. And if we keep our hearts at that place, it's not going to end well for us. It's not going to end well for us. That's what God says in, in Romans 6. 23, for the wages of sin is death. But there's good news this morning. There's bad news that our hearts, when our hearts stay fraught, death in hell is actually the destination. But the good news this morning continues in that verse. It says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus. Jesus is our answer this morning. No matter where your heart is at, no matter the way you live, Jesus is the answer this morning. And the way we come to Him is, Lord, come and take my heart. Come and take my life, Lord, it's yours. And Jesus promises us that when we do that, that He'll come and He'll give you a new heart. In Ezekiel, it says that I'll give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you the heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh. And maybe this morning there are hearts of stone, hearts that are hard, hearts that are actually living for yourself or living for the things of this world and not for Jesus. And Jesus wants to come this morning and put a new spirit in you, put a new heart in you, give you a heart of flesh, come and save you so that you can be eternally with Him. And I want to give, you, give us an opportunity this morning, if you haven't given your heart to Him, if you haven't given your life to Him this morning, I want you to respond. I want you to respond. Just with everyone's eyes closed, it's just you and the Lord. And the Lord is using me to give you that invitation this morning. Why don't you respond by just raising your hand? I want to pray for you. Is there anyone that says, I want to give my life to Him? I want to give my heart to Him. Anyone? Thank you. Just keep it up. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else that says, yes, Lord? It says, yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You're responding to the Lord. And I want, I want you to, to just where you are, I want to pray with you in this moment. I want to pray with you in this moment. And there's so much to celebrate for as a church, as people are just giving their hearts to Him, as people are surrendering their everything to the Lord. And for those three that responded, just where you are, I want, to, I want you to pray with me. 
And we're coming alongside you as a church. We're praying and we're celebrating with you. And afterwards, people will come to you and just help you through and just explain what happened and what needs to happen. And so we might get your details afterwards. But I want to, where you are right now, just pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I give you my heart. I give you my life. Lord, I pray that you will forgive me of living for myself, of living for this world. And from today, I want to live for you. Lord, I turn away from the life I've been living and I hold on to you. I turn to you and I pray that you will come and fill me with your spirit. Give me a new heart. Give me a heart of flesh so that my heart can burn for you. And Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for those responses. Lord, I thank you that you are putting the lonely into family this morning. That your good news has the power unto salvation. It's not my eloquent words. It's not the way we do things. It's your good news. It's your word that gives life because you are life. And this morning, I pray that you'll fill us with your life. I pray that you'll silence, silence the voice of the enemy in this moment. Saying, I don't know if this is real. I've, I've done this before. The Lord is giving you a new heart this morning. He's making you new. He's making you fresh again this morning. Follow Him. Leave the things that you were busy with and follow Him. Thank you, Lord. I'll ask some of the deacons, some of the leaders in the church just to connect with you guys afterwards just to help you get your details, walk, walk this journey out with you. Because it's, it's, it's something that we walk out. It's something that we live. Our lives are His. And for the, rest of the, for the rest of us, for the rest of the church this morning, I want to ask us to respond to Him as well. Maybe the Lord has come and He has cut your heart. It feels like, man, He has just looked straight into your heart and maybe you feel like, oh yeah, that preach was for me this morning. The Lord is tapping on your heart. He's wanting you to respond. Can we recognize Jesus by the fruit in your life? What is the temperature of your heart today? Is it burning for Him? Is it constantly burning for Him? Are there things that you're aware of that quenches the fire in your heart? I want you to respond to Him. Now, whether you're new with us or coming for a while, Oh man, I, I, I want to trust that the Lord will come and set hearts on fire this morning. And if you want to say, yes, I, I actually need my heart to be on fire for Him. I realize my heart hasn't been burning for Him like it should. I want more of Him. I want to be passionate for the things of God again. Maybe you feel like following the Lord is quite a dead thing. It's quite a, a draining thing. It's not much life. I pray that the Holy Spirit will come and just pour out His life in your heart in this moment. And I want you, if you want to respond to that, I want you to stand with me. And I want us to respond in worship. Just stand where you are. Just say, yes, Lord, I want to be passionate for you. I want to be someone that's on fire for you, God. I don't want to be someone that holds back. I don't want someone to be lukewarm in any way someone that's cold. I want to be someone that's on fire. 
I want my life to count, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.